Howdy, y'all. Welcome to the 404 Not Found podcast. Today, we're going to be covering the topics of exhaustion, water buffaloes, lions, and placebos. Now, we're going to swing it on over to Max for roll call. Hello. And special guest with us today is... Sally Sappington. Hey, <laughs> from our sister hall. And then myself, John. So thank you for joining in. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the 404 Not Found podcast. We have a special guest today. Go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Hello, I am Sally Sappington. Nice to meet you guys. All right. Well, we just picked up Sally on the side of the road, and we just asked her if mm-hmm. she wanted to be in the podcast, and she was like, yeah. So we're paying her like 10 bucks to be on the podcast. Really? No, we're not. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So this episode, we're going to be talking about exhaustion. and um, We might get tired of this topic. Was that supposed to be a pun? <laughs> oh my gosh. Big Mike would have loved that. <laughs> Big Mike's not here right now. It's just going to be John, myself, and Sally. So, yeah, right now John is actually getting a spoon um, for his yogurt. Um, that's the only context that, got, that I can give you right now. So, yeah, while John goes and gets his, uh, his spoon, he told me to start the episode. So, exhaustion. Um... I think this can be classified under two types of exhaustion. There's your physical exhaustion and then your spiritual exhaustion. And so I know in my life, um, whenever I was physically tired, I winded up being spiritually tired. And whenever I do my own devotions and my own quiet time with the Lord, I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Like I had a long day at school, my classes, I had a test. I just don't have the energy to open up my Bible or even pray right now. Like, I just want to go to bed. And that's dangerous. That is very dangerous. And in fact, in the Bible, um, when the disciples were falling asleep, Jesus said, um, your spirit is willing, but your bodies are weak. That's not an exact quote, but that's what he said in the Gospels. So I think it's very dangerous to be exhausted. And we're called to have rest. In fact, Psalms 23, um, and you have Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 31. Those two verses, um, not two verses, but those two instances in the Bible, we are granted rest. Um, The Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want. He leaves me besides green pastures. That whole thing is kind of like easing your mind. It's kind of putting you in a place of green pastures, still waters, that's a restful spot. And then on top of that, you have the um, uh, Jesus talking to us and saying, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. So I think rest is important. God rested on the seventh day. Am I right, Sally? You got it. Yeah. Yep. I'm not a biblical studies major, but I do love my Bible. So... Yeah, so I think rest is very, 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 very important. And I think God wants us to rest. Um, We're not built to be machines. We have a limit. And that limit usually um, is reached by the end of the day. And then we go to bed and restart our day. But even that process, being in that same cycle, that's still not good. Because we can't just continue doing the same thing, living the same life, and expect us to, you know, be fine and dandy. Because... We're humans. 
we're not robots. We're not programmed to do the same thing every day. Um, some people are, and I don't degrade those people, but I know for myself, I need some some pizzazz, some excitement in my life every now and then. Oh, uh, yeah. What do you think about this, Sally? Yeah, so definitely um, the problem that I would say that I have the most is, with this that kind of revolves around this topic, is knowing and admitting when I have hit my limit mm. um, with exhaustion because I kind of like to have this um, put on this show, I guess you could say, uh, that I have like this endless amount of energy. And I think that can be really dangerous because I definitely have burned myself out before. And um, that's not just physically burning myself out. When I burn myself out physically, I burn myself out mentally and spiritually, and that affects all areas of my life, including like my schoolwork and um, my social life and my spiritual life. And the spiritual life thing, that's the number one thing that I need to be keeping in check. So another thing that I do is, which I don't recommend to anyone, <laughs> but um, I'm pretty much nocturnal. And so every night, almost every night out of the week. So it starts over on Sunday night, right? So I stay up till like two, three, four in the morning. <laughs> that's not good. And um, because that's when I've learned that I work best. I like come alive at like two in the morning. Um, I'm a songwriter. So that's always been like when I've like written my best songs mm. and I used to work the night shift at Chick-fil-A back home and I would get off at 11 o'clock and the thing about like working the night shift at Chick-fil-A for me I get energy from going to work so when I work like eight or nine hour shift I come home and I'm like wow I have all this energy like what am mm. I gonna do with it and so then I'm up for like three or four more hours and I just think it's important to know your limits and if if you don't and you have to set limits for yourself also. And I am preaching to myself because mm -hmm. I struggle with that all the time. But anyway, I do this like for five or six days out of the week. And then at the end of the week, I, I'll i just get like 12 hours of sleep. Like Friday night to Saturday morning. And then I'm like recharged for the week. But that's really not healthy. So don't don't take my example on that. But yeah. Welcome back, John. Yeah. How's your spoon? How's that spoon? Oh, the spoon's working out great. Um... The cavern that I had to, to cross and the, the pumas that I had to fight off were a little dangerous, but it was worth it. My opinion on exhaustion? I don't like it. Um, That's a great opinion. <laughs> yeah. Now, this, uh, I feel like I was the head runner on bringing up this topic with Max earlier this week, and that was mostly because one of my professors had brought it up and uh, had talked about it in the class. And in the context of what they were um, the, my professor was talking about is how we as students we try to get so much done and we try to pack that into so much of a schedule that we exhaust ourselves and we become heavy breathers and when we get to that point we're not really focused or intentional about what we're doing but rather we're just cranking out activities we're just cranking out um, goals or actions getting the boxes checked and when he was talking about it, I thought to myself, wow, that's exactly what I've been like dealing with for the past week and a half is because I've been trying to implement myself into all these various areas, and I feel like I'm getting burned out. Kind of already did get burned out, but this past uh, convo on Wednesday, or uh, campus community rather, this past campus community really helped 
kind of picked me up and lifted me up. And that was mostly through the worship and how there was a lot more worship in the beginning, a really good, um, applicable message that kind of resonated with me and then a good worship afterwards. And, um, yeah, so that to just kind of bring it into something that I had found is I was getting exhausted, not in doing a bunch of bad things, but I was getting exhausted in the good things. And in that exhaustion, I found myself being tempted. Tempted with either blowing people off and, hey, you're not important. I got to prioritize this other activity and not being intentional with how was I communicating with people. I was becoming very short-ended, making sure, like, hey, I just got to cut this conversation. And, I mean, yes, you got to stick to a time limit, but... I wasn't letting people know on the front end, hey, I'd love to talk with you. Can we meet up at another time where we can really like get down? And I'd love to, to speak with you more on this. But right now, like I've only got 10 minutes. I wasn't saying that on the front end. And so I get into this conversation with someone and somewhere along the way, I just, I, I click off and I'm like, hey, I got to go. So that was something that I, I found in myself along with just other weak points. There were weak points where I found that I wasn't as strong in and I, I wasn't prepared to be able to make sure that I was more intentional here. I didn't cut that person off or I wasn't ghosting people in this area or I wasn't, you know, keeping up to date in this group chat or kind of, you know, inadvertently pushing responsibilities off of other people because I was feeling overwhelmed and I wasn't really communicating well with others, like, hey, would you be able to take this responsibility from me? Or, hey, can you help me out over here? I wasn't asking for help. That's a big issue of mine is I don't like to ask for help. So uh, in doing all that, it was a, it's been a week where I started out with a whole lot on my plate trying to balance all these, you know, spin all these different plates at once. And at the end of the week, I find myself knowing that there are people that are willing to take some extra weight, but also thankful that a couple of things outside of my control got kinked, they got canceled, and that allowed me to be like, okay, now I can catch a, a breather. A good way that I was describing my, my time right now to some other people is I feel like I was at the beach and a big wave hit me, and I'm in the wave kind of uh, rolling a little bit. If you've ever been at the beach and you've been out to like chest deep. That's the best part. And, uh, and that wave kind of catches you oh, and you yeah. kind of roll in it a little bit. But you have your breath held, so you're not freaking out. You're not scared. You're yeah, just yeah. like, oh, I'll, I'll pop up to the surface pretty soon. And uh, that's what this week has been. And I feel like here at the end of the week, I've been able to kind of get my head up out of the water. Um, got salt and sand all up in my nose and in my ears, but I was able to catch breath. So it's uh, it's been good, but a little exhausting. However, that's always good because that's how you're able to learn what your weak points are. Mm -hmm. It builds character, and now next week, I'll look back on this week, and I'll probably be like, oh, well, last week wasn't that bad. Um, I think that's a cool thing. I guess a way to relate it to something else is for, uh, I don't know if this is healthy or not, so y'all correct me. Oh, um, this, is, this is just what I have been taught, and this is what I have experienced in my own life, is... If you're getting absolutely slayed in a, in a PT session, like a physical training session, and you wind up feeling like, oh, 
oh, I think I'm about, I think I'm about to, to lose it. I think I'm about to vomit. And you say you push through this whole PT session and you never do. Well, you almost feel worse than if you had. But when you when you do, people look at you and like, oh, you're weak, weak body, weak body. But most of the people who did, you know, get absolutely broken off from those PT sessions, those are the ones who got strong on the next one. While everyone else got to that point of feeling sick, and then they started to wean off. They started to, mm. to kind of fall back a little bit. But then the ones that pushed through, and they actually broke themselves off, those are the ones that didn't get sick the next time, and they were actually kind of keeping up. And so I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's a, an actual response to your body acclimating to the pressures that you put on it. I think that's something you mentioned in a, a way back podcast yeah. is, is how your body acclimates to the pressures and the stressors, but it also acclimates to the comforts mm -hmm. and to um, the non-stressors like or the non-discipline. Like if you take discipline out of your schedule, then you become undisciplined mm -hmm. because your your body is is adjusting to that. So, yeah. Anyway, my soapbox. <laughs> well, um, I keep turning back to this verse, but I think a common thing that all three of us had was our like spirit being weak when we are like physically drained. And so I finally found the verse, and I can make this connection now because I found two verses that um kind of link together when it comes to exhaustion. So I obviously have the prayer in the garden when Jesus is talking to disciples. It is found in Matthew 26, verse 40, and it reads um, 40 and 41. Then he came to the disciples and found them asleep, and he asked Peter, So couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And in fact, I was talking to my mentor, I think it was either last week or two weeks ago, he was saying that some of the early church fathers viewed sleeping in as like a temptation for them. And um, it kind of just like, think about it now. When you sleep in, you feel like, is it groggy? Is that the term? Yeah. For the rest of the day? Oh, and I do. Absolutely. It's horrible. You're like, oh my gosh, I should have never slept in. But in that, in the midst of sleeping in, you're like, oh man, I need this. Like, oh man, I'm so tired. I'm so tempted. I'm just going to go back to sleep. And then you feel the repercussions of it later. So what that made me think of was, um, John, this temptation, you brought up um, temptation in your little soapbox spiel. <laughs> so that made me think of the verse found in 1 Peter 5, when it says, um, well, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour and then the next verse says resist him firm in the faith knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world so if you're not sober-minded if you're not alert if you're not physically healthy then your spirit is at a position to be tempted and um I know in my life as well as John's, um, whenever I was tired, my spirit was weak and temptations, I felt like I just was thrown like around. And like John used the perfect analogy and example of the waves. And I felt like I was getting thrown 
hundred million jabs and punches, and these temptations were coming by left and right, left and right. And I'm thinking, like, oh my gosh, like, what the heck? I'm just tired. But it totally makes sense when you put those two verses together about how Jesus telling the disciples that your um, spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak, and then how the um, Peter, and it's pretty funny because Jesus was speaking to Peter during during that and then Peter later later writes in his epistle he says be sober minded and be and be alert because the devil is like a, a roaring lion so I think that's funny but it's just so true that our bodies and our spirits they're linked and if our bodies weak our, our spirit is subjected to that that weakness so yeah. Yeah, and I think it's really good that you brought up um, those verses from First Peter because First Peter is, um, I was actually going through a Bible study of First Peter recently, and it's really like this book about rising up and standing firm in your faith, and how likely are we to be able to do that if we're exhausted, mm. um, physically, mentally, spiritually, socially, yeah. like we're going to be all the more likely to be able to rise up and stand firm in our faith if we are able to rise up in the morning knowing we got a good night's sleep the night before, yep. um, knowing that we prioritized, um, maybe we gave up something that we really wanted to do because we needed to be able to get maybe some homework done that gave us then gave us more time to get sleep. Um, so I just think, yeah, I love the book of First Peter. It's one of my favorites for sure. I really like yeah. what you said, rise up in our faith, rise up early in the morning. That's really cool. I've had people you know, say it to me before is um, show up early, look good, you know, do your best, and stay late. And that's how you can like try and be a successful person in life. But, um, but no, I had to put my Chick-fil-A fries down for a second because when you brought up, you know, the verse about how the devil is like a roaring lion, that ties into a little bit of a testimony, which I don't believe I've shared on the podcast yet. Um, so if I have, then just go ahead and put it in there again. No, yeah, cut it out. Um, yeah, go ahead and edit it out. But I just want to talk on an aspect of leadership here at Liberty, where you have like your RSs and your RAs. I have found such a wealth of support from my RSs and my RAs on my hall, and I absolutely love it. I really do. And more to the point of why I love it is because they're all younger than me. But I can still learn from them. And they still, like, pick me up when I, I need it. They are there and they got my back when I ask for help. And they're just, they're there. And they are leaders. And so, you know, a small snippet is, um, you know, if, if you are a good servant, make sure you're a good leader. People want to follow you. And that's something I've noticed with my RSs and my RAs, and I absolutely love it. Um, now, with that, one of my RSs, um, last semester in the spring, he came up to me one time. He said, hey, man, he's like, I, uh, I really want to talk to you at some point. Like, can we get together? So we ended up getting together. And he, he started off, and I could kind of tell. Like, he had something heavy on his shoulder that he was trying to, to drop off. He was trying to give me. So I was thinking, oh, no, I've done something wrong. Because at the time, I was leading a, a small, small book study in my quad. And I was like, I've done something wrong. <laughs> and so I'm expecting to just kind of 
in a way, get the book thrown at me, no pun intended. And he says, hey, man, he says, I, I just feel like the Lord wants me to communicate something to you in regards to if any man thinks that he stands, let him take heed lest he fall. And that was really what he brought to my attention was, hey, man, he's like, I don't know why. He said, that's not just something that I'm throwing at you. He's like, that's in my own life, too. So, so my artist was t- tying it back to himself. And he presented it to me. He's like, look, man, he's like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's about to happen. He said, but I think the Lord is, is telling you that there's there's something coming. There's an attack. There's an imminent attack coming. And I thought it was the weirdest thing because I've never had someone do that to me before where they almost in a preemptive way came to me and said, I believe the Lord wants me to warn you. Hmm. Never had that. And so I was like, that's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I chose to take it. I chose to take it and not push off to the side. And I was like, okay. So then I went out and later that evening I, I went praying. And the verse about how the devil is a roaring lion, he's seeking out who he may devour. I found myself up the shotgun range. And, you know, there's uh, there's power lines that kind of stretch off to the far side of the shotgun range. Not when you're actually on the range looking down range, but when you're behind the actual cabin over in the parking lot. And so I kind of walked over to those, uh, those power lines just because the sun was going down. It was a perfect view, beautiful sunset. And I started praying. And I was like, Lord, I got no idea what you're trying to tell my RS to me or what you're trying to, like, I don't know what's going on here, but, you know. And that verse came to my head, came to my thoughts. And I started looking at the grass, like kind of the elephant grass that stretched in some parts. And I was like, wow. I was like, that's all a lion really needs to hide in. And he could be right in front of me and I wouldn't even know it. And I started thinking back to my training and how they tell us Six inches of defilade is all the human body needs in order to be um, behind, we call it um, microterrain. Mm-hmm. So defilade is just, you know, the, the recesses, the, the divots in the ground. You use what you have at your disposal, which is the natural geography of location in order to keep yourself from either observation or to protect yourself from enemy fire. And so it's a protective measure of you look for the micro terrain. How can you bound from here to there, you know, as quickly as you can? And when you make it there, is that terrain good enough to protect you from enemy fire, enemy observation? Six inches. And I also thought about the verse of how when you start to become prideful in yourself and um, how you can slip and easily, you know, fall off a cliff and so forth. And I just happened to look at my feet and I was like, I'm size 10 and a half, size 11, give or take. And I'm like, man, I would totally lose my balance if I put my foot six inches off center and tried to put my weight on it. And I know like Max is in Taekwondo and so forth. And like, he understands the, just how important having a stable footing is. So I'm thinking about all these things. I'm like, wow, there's such a correlation there. And so I tie that back into when you think about how the devil is a roaring lion, he doesn't need a huge fort. He doesn't need this grand, you know, chasm and cavern in your life to 
to be able to attack you from. That's all he needs is six inches of defilade to hide in the grass. And he could be right in front of you and you don't know it. So when the Lord sends people your way or he sends uh, verses your way or through prayer and he's warning you about something, take heed. You know, take heed and don't get prideful because the moment that you try to, if your footing is not already stable and you're on a good platform, when you go to shift your feet to establish a good platform, it might be too late. And maybe your foot needed to be six inches out further, or maybe six inches out further you weren't, weren't looking and there was a drop off, you know. So how that story ended up playing out was I really did need the warning. Um, huge, uh, just shell shock kind of happened within a week wow. of my RS telling me that. And that whole week I took to pray. I'm so thankful that I did. So, so thankful. Um, but yeah, it, it took, honestly, it took, um, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just stating it as the facts of if I wasn't humble about it and took that, what at the time I thought to be a correction, but it was more of loving advice from my RS, I definitely would have been overtaken. I was taken down and I was hurt and bruised, you know, kind of battered by the attack. But uh, I wasn't, I wasn't overtaken. Praise the Lord. So, but yeah, yeah. kudos to uh, my RAs and RSs. I can't help thinking of that um, illustration that the speaker was talking about at Campus Community the other the other night. And I don't know if you guys like participated in um, the thing where you texted somebody in your life and said, oh, "Thank yeah. you for being my water buffalo." <laughs> yeah, I did. But that definitely just reminded me of that because. Mm. Um, here you have, well, for anybody who um, hadn't heard it before, um, we're basically this, I'm really bad at, just correct me if I uh, say this wrong, but um, we're basically this big water buffalo, out of shape, um, kind of like just walking down the, the um, stretch here. And there's a lion crouching um, out in front of us and I'm just getting ready to pounce. And, um, and we have, we basically have no hope in that moment. Um, but then these two other big water buffaloes who are also pretty out of shape come along either side of us. Um, and because of that unity and that um, just coming alongside, um, spiritually speaking, um, and as your friend, mm -hmm. that that makes it so that the lion turns around and runs away. And I'm not saying like the lion's still gonna the lion may still attack. Um, the devil will do that. But just having those people come alongside of you, giving you those warnings and um, and advice, and just walking with you and asking you just how you're doing spiritually. I just think I don't know. I think that's that definitely gives you a much better chance of um, surviving that attack. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Strength in numbers. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Max is definitely a, a big, lazy water buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <clears throat> definitely. Very slow. Very sluggish. No. Um, what I wanted to say was my mom loves that verse, the First mm -hmm. Peter 5, about like a roaring lion. And... Uh, she, she's, she's very funny. She goes and she says, Max, 
look at that verse. And I'm like, all right. And I'm looking. And she's like, what does it say? And I'm like, uh, it was like a roaring lion. She was like, read that again. Uh, and I was like, all right, like a roaring lion. And she was like, notice how it doesn't say he is a roaring lion. He is like a roaring lion. He is trying his best to be an actual roaring lion. But the devil can't. And that's because God is in control. If the devil were to be in control, then he'd be the roaring lion. He'd be able to devour everything and anything in his path. But he's not. He's not in control. God is in control. And because God is in control, God has also given us a way out of that temptation. So when the devil tries his best to be a roaring lion, we have other water buffaloes, as what Sally said, with us. And he can't do anything. Yeah, I mean, the use of the word like, it makes that whole thing a simile. You know, comparing two things using the words like or as. But in comparing those things, you're not always going to be those things. Like, the devil's not a roaring lion. He's not as strong as a lion, right? He doesn't have those things. And I'm not saying that the devil can't tempt people or that we can't fall short and not sin and stuff because we all have fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. But at the same time, God is with us. Other people are with us. And all the devil really is, he's just a father of lies. He's just a tempter. And if we have God by our side, then who could be against us, right? That's definitely a mic drop right there. He's like a roaring. I never read it like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, That's my mom. Mic drop. It makes me think of uh, at the beginning of the semester, for those that were back for like CGL, RA, RS, like all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. um, when it was uh, Jonathan and was it Mark Lang? I forget who else was there. There was someone else. Anyway, and he put the microphone on the table after he got done talking, and the microphone just dropped straight down, oh, and he was yes. like, mic drop, <laughs> and walked off the stage. Yeah. It's good, though. My mom's, uh, she's, she's amazing. Yeah, when she told me that, I forgot where we were. I think um, I was in her, like, her bedroom or whatever, and she was telling me that. And I forgot exactly what the topic of conversation was but i obviously had something to do with temptation and um she showed me that and i was like dang mom you're smart yeah anything else my mom's a good dancer she taught me how to dance <laughs> <laughs> you're just talking about how your mom was smart i was like yeah my mom's smart too she taught me how to dance. i don't know i was running through the things my mom's taught me so <laughs> yeah um, my mom's probably better than both of your moms. Uh, oh, okay. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. My mom's, she's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've only met her a few times when she uh, came to help uh, drop your stuff off and help move in. So. Apparently, she looks like she could be my sister. Yeah. Well, I didn't say that one, so that one's not going on record that I said that. Oh. Well, everyone thinks that she could be my sister. I'll show you a picture, Sally. It's very weird. People are like, oh, that's your mom? You're gonna have to show yeah, she looks better. very young. Yeah, she's 40. You have your privacy screen. Dude, that's your sister. <laughs> 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 yeah, she's 44. Yeah. She's pretty young, but she does look like she could be in her early 30s, maybe. My parents are 57. My dad's 70. 
Your dad's old. He is wow. old. Yeah. My da- my parents are forty nine and fifty. Oh, that's solid. Oh. That's good. God, do you want to hear a story? Well, I was about to bring in something. <laughs> I don't know if Max wants to, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give like a brief pause. In case Max wanted to edit that out. Oh, wait, what did she say? No, no, I was gonna bring up <laughs> how my parents are the same age. Sally's parents are a year apart. Um, <laughs> hey Max, what what are your parents? Twenty five years apart. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> John, this is so funny. I'm not even oh twenty five. <laughs> I'm twenty four. <laughs> If I was your dad, my wife wouldn't even be born yet. Yep. yep. That would be like me uh, marrying a forty-five-year-old man, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. How does that make you feel, Sally? Um, a little uncomfortable. I like it. A little it. uncomfortable. You know. <laughs> I like it. Oh, I thought my dad texted me. It wasn't my dad. Yeah, your dad would. That would have been pretty. Uh, pretty sick if your dad was like, mm. "Hey, son, <laughs> what you what you doing? What you doing? <laughs> what you doing? Talking about my age." <laughs> No, I love it. I think it's so crazy because my dad was able to pull like a 20, like early 20 year old woman and he's over here in his freaking 40s, like with a whole career and everything. And my mom was just working as a a cashier at some place. And here my dad was acting like a stud. And uh, that's how they met. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. lo and behold, we have beautiful Max. Yeah, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. Now, I was just going to say, I have not met as many Johns in my life, except for when I came to Liberty. Uh, yeah, so, if there's any bland name out there, I'm starting to feel like my name is the most bland it white is. guy name it ever. Is. Yep. Um, yep. It's because yeah. you just, like, pick a gospel. You got a one in four chance. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the thing is, my parents didn't name me after a Bible character. <laughs> so, oh. oh, yeah, we had this talk. We did? I think so. On here? No. Oh. Let's hear it. Okay. My first name is based on my grandfather, my dad's side. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my middle name is based off of my grandfather on my mom's side. And then my last name comes from, obviously, my dad's side of the family. So. I hope so. Yeah. John, Thomas, Coach Carr. Those are both biblical names. John and Thomas. Thomas the Doubter. See, everyone craps on Thomas for being the doubter. <laughs> but wasn't he the first one who said, my Lord and my God? He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 But Peter was also the one that was like, you're the Messiah. So yeah, he was the first true. one to admit. All right. For you Peters out there, good job for being bold. <laughs> yeah. Going back to boldness. <laughs> I like the sound my boots make when I walk. All right. No, no. So, so here's. Like, I was thinking about it because the other day, I was walking through the tunnel, and I walked up behind uh, one of my friends that I knew, mostly because I was walking faster. But when they turned around, they made the statement. They said, "I thought I knew like who that was because apparently my, um, my gait." They didn't use the word gate, but I'm, like, trying to describe, like, they said that my walk and, like, the sound of my boots have a distinct sound. So I'm thinking to myself, like, I must have, like, a, a an identifiable gait and sound with my boots. So I just like how my boots sound. Reese likes how you sound. You know, we were looking at the uh, 
the screen when we were editing the other podcast. Mm-hmm. And here's what Max said. He's like, hey, man. He's like, check this thing out. It's really cool. Really cool thing, right? He said, you see the screen right here? And it's got all the lines on it. I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, well, over here, see how, like, all the lines are, like, kind of filled in and all the, all this, like, there's no space between the lines and all the colors, like, one color. I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah. He's like, that's one person talking. And he's like, that's me talking. All right, now, you see over here where, like, the lines have, like, these bunch of spaces between all of them and everything. I was like, yeah, it's pretty noticeable. He goes, yeah, that's you talking. <laughs> and I, he's like, that's what I have to edit out is all the spaces between your, your speech. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Eli said, like, Eli, um, he was our editor last year, and he was like, I don't mind, like, editing or, like, re-listening to it. The only thing I do mind is editing out all these small pauses between John and his, like, next word that he's about to say. I contemplate my speech. <laughs> Just thinking Very about well. it. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad thing. It means that you're a great speaker and that you think before you speak, unlike me. I'll just let yeah, loose. Or I just don't have a really strong vocabulary. And it's a partial stutter, maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. Anyway, any other last-minute thoughts about boots or anything like that? Do you always wear your cowboy boots? Yeah. Yep, I love them. I had to retire my other set of uh, cowboy boots. I had them for, I think, two years. And they were just, they were all tore up. So I gave them to my dog as a chew toy. Bro, what? That's that's how you retire your boots. All right. In the South, you either use them as a planter and you put flowers in your uh, boots. Ah, yeah, I've seen that. Or you give your boots to your dog, and then they, they because it's leather and rubber, and like they love it. Mm. But yeah. I've always wanted a pair of good cowgirl boots. I always feel like in my heart, if I got on a horse, I would be able to like I would know how to ride it. <laughs> I feel like I would just know. The boots know? do help. Yeah. 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 Just gives you a little more confidence, I guess. Yeah, it's a placebo. They're lying to you. Do you say a placebo or a placebo? Placebo. Okay. I know we had to, like, do a gender roll here <laughs> on the placebos. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for tuning in to the 404 Not Found podcast. Um, hope you guys enjoyed, and I hope you guys um, learned something today. So we're going to go ahead and say bye. Say bye, everyone. Bye. Hurrah. All right, bye.